Welcome to Brand 2, brand new episode of Prayer Faithful Podcast. I'm Brandon Freeman, joined by me is my co-host, Dion Johnson from Night Gang Podcast. How you doing, man? I'm good, I'm good, man. How you doing? Doing all right, man. Still another upsetting, um, you know, owl for the Niners. Um, let's get right into it, dude. Um, what did you take away from this game? And I mean, what are your thoughts, dude? The past three weeks, they've looked like shit. Um, defense has looked horrible. Offense hasn't been doing good at all. Uh, what are your thoughts? This is very unfortunate right now, man. It's it, it's a struggle. 17 points the last three games. Um, you know, the, the first two games out of his three-game stretch, uh, Moody was missing kicks. He didn't miss one, you know, in this last game. Uh, so it seems like he somewhat corrected that. I ain't going to trust him until I see him get more consistent. Um, but yes, yes. Oh, I like that. It's kind of like uh, Halloween. Halloween, the, uh, Halloween comments, theme. The, the yeah. comments. They're pretty cool. <laughs> Good job, Restream. But uh, <laughs> for me, I'm just I'm disappointed in all phases. We gave up that big run on special teams um, to set them up. Uh, Purdy threw interceptions. I don't know what's going on. He was out there looking like Jimmy Garoppolo rather than Brock Purdy. And I'm gonna tell you. And, and my question to everyone is: Is this who he really is? I did a show early in the morning, and C.J. Gray put up a, a crazy stat, 33 turnovers in 48 games at yeah. Iowa State. That's a lot. Yep. What's up, T.L.? What's going on, man? What's going on, Terrence? So, uh, you Go know, back, Daniel. I'm, I'm, the, the, the secondary looked like trash. Um, Mooney was just out there holding. Isaiah Oliver needs to be gone like yesterday. I just – at this point – if, if you really are dying to put Demo in the slot because you feel he can do the job, then go out and get a corner to take his spot on the outside, okay? And you can have Mooney and whoever. I think they're this kid, Jalen Johnson from uh, the Bears or something like that. I forget his name. Mm-hmm. Talking about him. But it, it just – the other thing is Kyle being Kyle again, being stubborn. It kills me that he won't use Jordan Mason. And I knew this was going to happen. Yeah. We knew it. you Because you know Kyle. He has his guys. And, you know, Elijah Mitchell is his boy. So you're going to put Mitchell in the game to do not a damn thing. But the last two games, Jordan Mason was averaging over five yards a carry and had a touchdown in each game. When you want to run up the gut, you don't want to use Jordan Mason, who's built for that. You want to use CMC. We went away from the run. The run sets up the pass for us. It's always been like that. You know what I'm saying? Um, the defense, I I mean, it's nice that Eric Armstead got two sacks, but, I mean, hell, there were so many would-be sacks. And I'm sorry. I don't care what nobody says. I don't know what happens with Steve Wilkes. He's got to figure it out. I know we we had these same issues kind of a little bit with Salah and a little bit with D'Amico where the first few games, you know, they, they, they had some adjustments to make. But what really kills me is the fact that, they just destroyed our zone defense. Jamar Chase was sitting wide open so many times, it drove me insane. Yeah, agreed. You know, but uh, what what do you think, man? What what are your takeaways? Um, For me personally, dude, uh, particularly this game, um, our defense, once again, looked like complete garbage. Like, I haven't seen the, the, the same defense that we saw the first five weeks. 
Um, this man coverage that Steve Volk's doing, it has to go. Um, who was it? I think it was Kyle that said, or somebody said that the defense just looked tired out there. And that happens when your offense can do shit for one, right? And two is when you give up the big plays on third down, like they've been doing the past three weeks, right? So mm-hmm. that's another thing. And I just – Richard Sherman, I don't know if he saw Undisputed this morning, but he said something mm-hmm. about um, – I think was it Undisputed or his cha- his podcast? Something about where – Yeah, where like he need, uh, uh things are going to change and it's going to happen next week while, during the bye week. Um, he, he mentions T. Wilkes and everything, and so I'm, I'm interested to see if it's actually going to happen. But they need to clean this up. If they're trying to be a Super Bowl contender, like, this stuff needs to change, like, pronto, especially if they want to try to get that number one seed. So, um, real quick, Dom, happy birthday, man. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it a lot. Oh, yeah, happy birthday. And then um, TL with uh, a super chat. Says uh, holding Brock Purdy accountable is kryptonite to some fans. If they would get their heads out of their their out of his lap, they'd see his he, he's a problem like the defense. Yeah, because yeah. The, the thing with this fan base is is you talk bad about Brock Purdy, it's just the worst thing in the world. Here's the issue: Brock Purdy been playing like trash for the last three games, mm-hmm. and I know a lot of people don't want to say it. And I would tell you right now, Nick from First Things First is looking like a genius right now because Chris Boussard and everybody else on the show wanted him to crown Brock Purdy the king. But now we're seeing it's very simple. Just rush us with five. We can't hold nobody down. We can't stop anyone. We already had lost Trent Williams, and now we lose Aaron Banks for several weeks. So Trent Williams is definitely going to have to come back early. Why? Because we're not going to have any choice. He's going to want to do that Um, because we're going to need his help. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the D line, I, I agree. There's a lot of money being spent, and you know, it, it's it's it it's not creating the pressure that it used to. And we so, would think with Javon Hargrave in here that we would go ahead and have that as an option. Somebody, somebody was it in the media? Somebody, I think it was, I think it was uh, Ocho mentioned that Steve Wilkes is more of a DB coach yeah. than yeah. he is a defensive line coach. And uh, he was saying that this could be probably why uh, the D-line hasn't been as pretty as it usually is uh, because, you know, Wilkes hasn't coached our, you know, coached like a defensive line like like hell was last uh, last season, right? Yeah. What's going on, Anshul? Glad you could make it, man. Oh, man. So, I thought I'd at least pop on for a little bit. I probably won't be able to stay too long, but. There you go. We'll go. Hey, give it. Give us your thoughts there, yeah. man. Go like, right ahead. Let it out, bro. Let let it all fly, man. man. Um. First of all, Steve Wilkes, what the fuck are you doing, bro? Like, <laughs> <laughs> this defense looks like heart hot garbage. They they literally look like a college football team out there. I'm not even joking with that defense out there, dude. Like it's just terrible i mean the positions he's putting guys in just everybody looks confused out there it's, it's not like he's changing things and 
things still look different. And I saw a stat today uh, that was posted from Akash, one of the mm-hmm. Niners reporters, and he was saying that, like, PFF grade-wise, when the 49ers have played man coverage, Mooney Ward has a PFF grade of about 40. Diamondo oh. Lenore, 58. Isaiah Oliver, 36. But then when they're in zone coverage, which is their bread and butter, 86.5 for Mooney Ward, mm-hmm. 70 for Diamondo Lenore, and 75 for Isaiah Oliver. So this man defense, I mean, I get it's an adjustment period, but it's not working. I I just don't. This team has never played. Man, they've always been a zone team, and I just feel like you don't completely have the players to do that too. So Steve Wilkes got to adjust and go back to the zone defense. And, you know, I'm I'm glad Kyle Shanahan said that he's going to Talk to Steve Wilkes about possibly, you know, coaching down from the field because I think that could be something that could help this team um, just because, you know, the energy. And throughout a game, yeah, I feel like the Niners players can feed themselves with the energy, but you always need somebody else, especially going throughout a game throughout the season. Um, so, yeah, that's what I think about the defense. Hey, what's going on, Beto? What's up, guys? There we go. We uh, can hear you now. At first, yeah, we didn't we hear you. Too. But no, man, uh, uh, you can give me your thoughts on the offense too, media, because uh, 17 points these last three games ain't cutting it. And uh, Brock Purdy out there, he had a very Jimmy G.S. game last week. I don't like any of that at all. Yeah, um, offensively. I mean, I don't know what, how you're not – like, you got to be able to change the game plan too, Kyle, because I understand, okay, for some reason your stupid ass didn't end up, uh, you know, being prepared in that Cleveland game for somebody to be hurt. And I know you don't want to think somebody's going to be hurt, but every week you, I've said this so many times, you need to be prepared no matter what. And I don't see a difference – at all, and I, I get that there's turnovers and stuff. Why are they making the same gosh damn mistakes? It ain't like they're making different mistakes, you know, every week. It's the same thing. Kyle Shanahan, it's on you. It's on the coaches to make sure that they're executing, and I think that's why the bye is coming at the perfect timing because they've been on a bit of a downfall, so I'm really hoping that these meetings that they have, just get something in there. Brain. Every, every player just needs to look into the mirror and be like, I got to be better. And I really think they should not be taking this by lightly whatsoever. They got to figure out what is going on and start working on that. Um, But I'm definitely more concerned, I'd say, on the defense than I am on the offense because the defense isn't even – Given us no pass rush. I thought it was pretty solid yesterday, but I mean, the, last, the other two games wasn't good. So, yeah, overall, just team just needs to find a way, a way to yeah. get back on track. And I, I don't really know what it is, though. So, uh, I'm going uh, I'm to kind of agree with Randy. Uh, 
Like, yes, Brock has thrown some stupid interceptions, but when throughout the game, he looks good. Uh, it's just more of how you call it. Um, he's doing too much. Like, Kyle's making him pass too much when he doesn't need to. Mm-hmm. We need to go back to the running game. Like I said before, we need to go back to the running game. We didn't do that in yesterday's game. And, you know, that's what usually works. And like you said, Dion, uh, Mason wasn't used. Mitchell was used, what, probably once or twice. Like, mm-hmm. um, everybody's cracking down down on CMC. Like, me and Bethel were talking about this in the pregame show. Um, he needs to switch it up. Like, he sees that people are going after CMC, and people are watching the film. They, when they've the been going after his neck, too. Like, have you seen a lot of people doing that? Like, they tackle him mm-hmm. right up top of his head, and they're always trying to – like, I don't understand why, why that happens, but it does. But, I mean, for me, my thing is, is, like, Brock cannot bring us back from behind. He These last three games we've been behind, and he is just – he's not capable of doing such. Um, and, you know, that, that one touchdown to two interceptions, that, that is a uh, – an unwelcome sight. I don't want to see that because we saw that a lot with someone who's in, in Oakland right now destroying that team, and I don't want that to be the case. And that's what I was saying. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if defenses have figured out Kyle, and with that, they're going to figure out Brock, and they're going to make Brock look yeah. really bad. That that whole winning streak and everything, that shit's definitely out the window now. You know, we're talking about a guy who was in the, the, the MVP race. Um, early on, we were five and zero, scoring thirty. Moody was perfect. We didn't have no problem. You know what I'm saying? And I know a lot of people are going to give Brock Purdy a pass, and that's fine. But you know the reason why I'm gonna ride him is because y'all rode Trey Lance. Yeah, y'all talked all the shit y'all could about Trey yeah. Lance, and how negative and how horrible and all this other shit. So I'm gonna ride him just like y'all rode Trey Lance when he didn't even get a real fucking chance to do shit in this offense because Kyle didn't want it. And he just, just shifted him off like it was nothing. So, for me, because he's garbage, you know, and you no gotta garbage. get it together. You gotta step your shit up. You gotta get it together. And you need to figure it out. You can't come in here and keep having these little, you know, these, these games, and then everybody keeps giving you a pass because you're a rookie. So, at the end of the day, well, I heard, I thought this was a win now team, and 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 we have all the pieces and all that other bullshit. Well. We got everybody, but we got a head coach who's too fucking stubborn and he doesn't know how to get his head out of his ass. You got Ronnie Bell. He showed really great in preseason. He had a touchdown this season already. Why hasn't Ronnie Bell been utilized? I thought Danny Gray was activated off the IR. We ain't seen him. I thought we did have other receivers but no targets to them. Yeah. Like that, that that's what I'm talking about. Like we can't. We have to deal with Kyle for the next seven, eight years. We have to. There is no choice. Jed York is not letting him go anywhere. He's already gave him extension. But at the end of the day, it doesn't mean we can't hold him accountable when he's fucking up. And we all know Kyle is very egotistical. He wants to be the man. He wants to be the guy that gets all the credit and everybody wants to see. He wants everybody to praise him. But at the end of the day, you need to figure out what the hell to do to be able to make this offense work because score 17 points a game ain't getting us shit but a bunch of L's. And I can tell you right now, we come out, excuse me, after this bye weekend, lose another game and just score 17, 
that tells me we got more than a problem. And it ain't just a defense. Yeah. I have a question for you guys because I don't know if you guys have heard this, but I've been hearing kind of rumors or people just talking about this. They're saying that this defense is not a big fan of Steve Wilkes and that there's some tension in the locker room. What well, are you guys' you, thoughts about don't that? Don't believe that shit, bro. The way the, way the defensive line is, has, has talked, you know, some of the linemen there, even Nick Bosa. Um, yeah, Nick yeah, Bosa I, mean, I, I wouldn't doubt it, but, I mean, that's going to happen. It's mm-hmm. new. You don't know it. it it's, it's frustrating because the shit ain't working the way they're used to, you know. Yeah. But uh, what, what were you saying, Beto? I, I said I wouldn't uh, trust any of those uh, guys unless they have concrete. If you're not in the locker room, I wouldn't trust anybody from the outside the locker room. Say if you hear, I know Bosa's frustrated. Uh, mm-hmm. We heard it, but I don't think it's a, a strictly uh, Steve Wilkes problem. I think he is part of the issue, but I think, you know, I don't care if you're a good coach or you're a bad coach. The mistackling from this defense has nothing to do with the coach. I don't, you can call him the bat, the worst schemes. You can put him in b- bad positions, but tackling, mistackling, how does that got to do with the coach? That has to do with the players. Now, if the players are not playing well because they're not happy with Wilkes, well, then they're not professionals. They need to be out of this team. You might not be happy sometimes with something that's going on, but you got to do your part until something changes. But you don't just give up. And I don't expect the Niner players to be the type of player that give up. Uh, one thing I've I've been I've always noticed with the Niners, they don't point fingers, they don't sit there and and blame each other. They take their own accountability for shit that happens. Fred Warner said it well. People want to blame Brock. Yes, Brock has been having some issues throwing interceptions more than a lot of us like. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think he's the issue either. Uh, I think missing Trent Williams has shown that that's man. When Trent Williams is in there. Uh, CMC's running all over the place. You see Trent Williams out, or suddenly uh, CMC is struggling. They're not going to run towards uh, uh, Jalen Moore. He's not a great run blocker. He's not going to open up lanes. Uh, The guy shouldn't even be there. So we're missing Trent Williams. Now, if we get Trent Williams back and Debo, and like Dion said, we hit only 17 points, then we have a deeper issue going forward. But getting back Dion, I'm um, excuse me, getting back Adebo and Williams, we should be able to be able to do something with this. Now everybody gets to blame: coach, coach yeah. uh, head coach, defensive coordinator, positional coaches, players. It's all about internally looking at yourself and saying, "What the hell changed from the Dallas Cowboys game to the to Browns now. game?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, what has changed? How can we get back to fixing or getting back to the way we were before scoring 30? It's like now they're stuck. First, they're stuck on 30-plus points, which is okay. But now they're stuck on 17, and I'm starting to hate that number. Uh, Mm -hmm. We need to get out of 17. But it's really not one person's blame. Uh, I know that that call that he made against the Minnesota Vikings where he sent an all-blitz right before the half, that was a dumb call to call by Steve Wilkes. But let's be honest, Severus Ward, if he would have not allowed to be bitch slapped by Addison and that football taken away from him, it w- we would not be talking about that play. <clears throat> because it wasn't like he wasn't in position. He had the ball. He mm-hmm. took the ball. 
And Adam yeah. says, let me, let me take it away from you, little bitch, and slapped him and run it in for a touchdown. So suddenly we're all blaming Steve Wilkes. I don't agree with that call. I want to make sure that's clear, but I put that on Ward. And I, I agree I, with you. I agree with you 100% on that because you know what happens. You know what they teach receivers all the time? What's the number one thing they tell you not to do? Do not catch the ball with your body. Catch the yep. ball with your hands. If yep, you yep. watch that slow-mo replay, Mooney was letting the ball come to him, and that's yep. how Addison wound up getting that ball. Because if he stretches his hands out and forms them almost close enough to be the size of the football, that's a clear interception. Addison has nothing. But yep. because you're doing this and you got your arms open and but your elbows are kind of tucked so you can try to cradle the ball, it's automatically easy for somebody to get in there and snatch that. So, yeah, in that, that aspect. And then Mooney, the, the, the last game we just played, got real handsy, had several penalties, fight. Yep. It just yep. seems to me like when he when there's a receiver that he knows is faster than him and he can't contain, he's going to do that. And we can't keep having you out here getting penalties, man. We don't need that. At the end of the day, you're going to have to figure out how to deal with these receivers. Richard Sherman was never the fastest man in the NFL, but he damn sure knew how to keep up with those receivers and play his own well enough to be able to make sure that he made up for the speed that he didn't have. So Mooney's going to have to jump on that train and, and figure it out because no. he can't have those penalties. If I can add, Dion, uh, the difference between my opinion between Ward and Sherman, yeah. Sherman knows always the number one corner. Mm-hmm. They made his yeah. adjustments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, automatically. Shavir's Ward is not a number one. He is a solid, great number two. Mm-hmm. They can handle the number. He's not a one, and he's forced to play one. And I know he gets frustrated with that when he faces elite receivers. And that's not his fault. He's not a one. And Kyle and and the gang need to make sure they bring someone in or have someone that's a one. Uh, Lenore, you know, if we brought a 10 from the Broncos, I understand if he's available or not. But someone at his level, he can be the number one. You got... Now you got Ward at number two, and you can move Lenore at number three, a corner slot, and you're, you're fixing two problems with one add-on. Yeah. But as long as we have Ward at number one, we're going to run into these problems, especially with the lack. And I think what saved Ward last year was the was pressure that we were putting, a pass rush. Now yep. he got now he's getting exposed for what he is because there's no damn pass rush. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, uh, for me uh, – the reason that I'm having an issue with the offense really is the fact that it's just very simple. Kyle got away from the run. He should still be running the ball. We should be running that ball no less than 30 times a game. And we where is Jordan Mason at? Like, at a bare minimum, I could give CMC 20 carries, and I could give Jordan 10, and that's perfectly fine for me. And I can tell Brock you're only going to throw the ball about 20 to 25 times, depending on what we need. But um, – <clears throat> I'm just uh, for me right now, the way that Brock is playing. Yes, I know that the offensive line is just not looking great, and to lose Aaron Banks but get back Trent Williams. Uh, now we got to figure out who the fuck's going to play left guard. Sean Fontana probably. Yeah, Banks is out with turf toe for three weeks. Yep. <sighs> yep. Yeah. I've been off of social media because I just don't like yeah. to hear the idiots cry about. Well, the I losses. understand. I understand. Fair. It, it can, it's social media. I just found out that Kirk Cousins, I know he has nothing to do with us. Yeah, he's out for yeah, the he's season. Yeah, he's Achilles. He's out for the season. Uh, wow. Yeah. And he's already talking about trying to pull an Aaron Rodgers, too. And- oh, no, he's definitely – yeah, he doesn't – he already knows that he uh, 
he said he was going to lead the Vikings. So the issue for me with that is, and I'm just I'm, I, I'm keeping it a buck, I don't need him to be on the healing moment. And we have a shitty enough season that says Kyle wants to move on from Purdy now too. And then we fuck around and wind up with him here to do nothing. Like it just at the for me at the end of the day, I feel like if we keep going in this way, ain't gonna be no Super Bowl. So and the Seahawks have just gotten better by adding Frank fucking Clark and Leonard. I think Williams. they got Leonard Williams too. Yeah, Frank Clark, he's already past his age. He's not hey, no, I, yeah, but he's a nightmare for us. For some reason, he seems to find yeah, no, his way. He's still good. Though. That much, yeah. that much so, does. But Leonard Williams, it was a good move by them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was. That's why I, I was don't like, want fuck. it to be. A, I don't want it to be a situation, man, where we now have to fucking deal with the Seahawks again. And I'm, I'm. I'm really hoping they figure this shit out because it's getting way too close for me to go to the game I paid money for. That'd be good <laughs> goddamn if I paid my hard-earned motherfucking money to go in there. Dude, I, I paid so much on. money too for Be week on. 18 versus the Rams, bro. You guys, but realize this. Realize this. The same situation that's happening right now, even though we started off in in a better way this season, yeah. last season we were three and four, guys. And then and I think David like, Lombardi put something up. Shout out to uh, yeah. yeah, we were three and four, but our defense yeah. did not look like dog shit. No, they didn't. Yeah, look like dog I have a feeling they will so turn. inspiring, but I have a feeling they will turn it around during this bye week. They're, they they were well, they better. Yeah. They don't have a yeah. choice. And Kyle, I mean John Lynch, you better fucking call somebody up and go get that corner number one tomorrow. I swear. Now, now keep in mind with that with that with that point there. Uh, yeah, uh, so I'm not the saying that John Lynch is not calling people. To look at too. But yeah. you got to remember too. Teams have to be willing to get rid of their players for yeah. a reasonable payout. Fair. They're they're yeah. not just because they don't get nobody doesn't mean they weren't pursuing someone. Oh yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. they just wanted too much, and we're not because it's damn if you do, damn if you do in situation with a lot of Niner fans. If John Lynch goes and gets a player and gives two number ones, we're pissed. We're pissed. That, he gave up too much. If we don't get a player. Worthy, and we keep our pick. Ah, John Lynch is not going after nobody. It's like, dang, bro, catch twenty two. So I think they're I'll trying, say, but this, they're smart. I'll say this on that note: at this point, with the way that we draft in the early rounds, fuck those picks. That's exactly what I said once we. I'm sorry, like we not just, seeing we see. Just, like, no, no, but they're, round, they're also bro. looking at the contract. Just, they want rentals. They don't, if you bring certain, yeah. say bye bye to Ayuk. Yeah, because they're not yeah. going to say Ayuk and this guy. So you got to remember, it's not only what we give up and and trade value, but it's also are they going to be here permanently for a long time, mm-hmm. or they're just rentals? Rentals you can get rid of. Someone yeah. like Sertan, you're not going to, you know, if you yeah, if you trade two, yeah. two number ones to get rid of them, that's too expensive. Hundred percent. Yeah, All right, yeah, so no, I agree with you. Speaking of uh, the defense, since we're still on it. I'm going to play uh, audio from Ocho, what he said on um, Speak Live uh, this morning. So give me a sec. Here we go. The Niners have a Steve Wilkes problem. They have a Steve Wilkes problem. They pressured yesterday 15.9% of the time. That's bringing five people or more into the rush. The league low is 18% of the time by the worst team in football, the Arizona Cardinals. So the Niners are only pressuring 15.9% of the time, but it's not about the what for me in life. It's always about the why. So do I ask myself, why are they doing that? Wait, their defensive coordinator this year. Oh, he's a DB. He's a former DB coach. Defensive backs coach for clarity. Defensive backs don't think pressure because they always grew up in the back end. 
Where is their D.C. defense coordinator before him was D'Amico Ryan, my former teammate, Shady's former teammate, a linebacker in the front seven. He thinks pressure. Before that was Salah, a linebacker coach in the front seven. He thinks pressure. The Niners currently have a Steve Wilkes problem because the structure of Steve Wilkes does not fit the structure of this defense. The Niners' best players are in the front seven. Bosa, all pro, defense player of the year. Warner, all pro. Hard to do. Their best players are in the front seven, but their coach is a back seven coach. Mm. So you're in a dilemma because what Wilkes wants to do, the Niners don't do best. So I'm panicked because until they fix the Wilkes problem, there's going to be a problem with the team. That's All right. So this is talking about is it time to panic for us? Uh, let me get your guys' thoughts on what Osho said uh, this morning on the show. Um, Beto, let's go have you go first. Uh, is it time to panic? No. Uh, does he have some merit in that uh, point that he made? Uh, I think he does. I think Chris Kacerik, we know he's a great D-line coach, but we also understand he answers to Wilkes. He does. He can't make his own uh, choices. And maybe this is why Maybe this is why the front seven in Bolsa is maybe feeling a little bit of pressure from Wilkes. Maybe uh, they're really tight with Chris Kacerik, and they probably can see how pissed off or frustrated Casera is because they're not because one thing I do know when you when when the front four you send the front four by themselves they can do stunts they can move around to get to the quarterback when you are uh are blitzing you gotta these guys are told to stay in their lanes they can't do stunts anymore they gotta they gotta be respectful and hold their line lanes open so that the, whoever's blitzing can come through and that can disrupt a uh, uh, guy like Bosa's rhythm. Everything's about rhythm. If you don't have a rhythm, you're not going to be good. And the rhythm is being disrupted because of these blitzes by uh, Steve Wilkes. And he is focusing more on the secondary, but he's not allowing Chris Kaserik, in my opinion, to do what he does best. And he has a hand in it. And because it, there's no way that people can tell me different. We have the same personnel from last year. If anything, we added Hargrave. Better than Kinlaw. We can all agree on that, right? Yep. But yet we're worse. What is the common denominator here? It's the addition of who? Steve Wilkes. Same roster from last year, doing great under Nobico. This year, not so good. We have the same roster, and we added Hargrave, but yet we're worse. So to me, I, I have to say, it is a uh, Steve Wilkes uh, issue, and they got to get that fixed. So I do agree with some of what uh, Ancho said on that uh, take. Uh, Ancho, let's hear what you, you got to say about his uh, his take. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with Ancho's take. He made a really good point how, like, uh, Steve Wilkes is that DB coach while you have Robert Sala and D'Amico Ryans as linebacking type of guys, and they know on pressure, so I thought that was a Really good point from Ocho, and yeah, I think that maybe I don't know if the Niners maybe overestimated kind of what Steve Wilkes was really gonna bring to this defense because maybe they did think that it was just gonna be you know the defensive line would pretty much stay the same in terms of scheme wise and you know, still not blitz a lot. And then it really just be like, okay, the, the back end's improved, but we'd like to see it be better. So that's why we brought in Steve Wilkes. So I think that's what the Niners kind of thought would happen. And 
that that hasn't happened and so i just i don't i don't want to say it's, it's still kind of early but i i don't think steve wilkes is right for the job right now is dc but maybe i hope he proves me wrong d you're on mute man gotta echo the sentiments of my brothers man it's the same thing just unfortunate that this is happening but i mean hopefully wilkes will come out of it and he'll start to understand how all pieces of the defense work and not just focus on you know the back end of it because the whole thing is is the front seven creates the pressure which helps the back end create the turnovers that's the easiest way to do it but you got to make sure that your game plan doesn't allow you to have the holes that it had like last that that game against Cincinnati, man, there was way too many wide open receivers. I'm talking mm-hmm. nobody anywhere within five to ten yards of these guys. And I'm sitting there going, what the hell is going on, man? You know, we got to get off the field on third down. We have so many things to do. And it just it, it looks like he's a little overwhelmed just based off of that. But he's got to get it together. You took a D.C. job. You know you're going to have to be all-encompassing when it comes to that. You may be able to let your coaches do their job when they're practicing, but in the game, ultimately it's up to you, and you got to be able to be down there and be around. Honestly, I like the fact that everybody's talking about him getting down to the field. Some people are like, no, he doesn't really need to do that. Yes, he does. You know why? Communication. Because when you up in that box, you ain't communicating with nobody but just Fred Warner. If you get to the sidelines and guys are telling you, hey, coach, I'm seeing X, Y, and Z. I'm seeing this. I'm seeing that. You know, maybe we should switch it up. We should go with this or we should go with that. Okay, cool. Like, be open enough with your players to make the proper in-game adjustments to the things that they're seeing. Talk to them. The more you communicate with them, the easier it is to build a defensive game plan. But when your players are just out there just playing because you called the call, you're not going to get good results because they're not really all in on you as a coach and you don't want that kind of stuff in your locker room especially when you need your guys to go out there and perform because guys go out there and just earn a fucking paycheck meaning i'm making business decisions rather than playing football and when you make business decisions you get very lackadaisical that means i'm not gonna hit this dude as hard i'm not gonna wrap up and you know hurt my arms or hurt my body i mean you i remember george kittle saying literally after every game it feels like he was in a fucking car crash so, you know, your body takes a beating. It's a gladiator sport, mm-hmm. but he's got to get back on top of it. I'm not going to give up on him just yet, but he's got to figure it out. Hey, Mr. Joe took me back with the Felix the Cat, man. I ain't seen that shit in years. <laughs> um, Yeah, Um, I was watching uh, Gina V and Rod, their show, uh, late mm-hmm. night. Oh, it was a sports talk or whatever. Yeah. Um, they're just saying, um, and the guys that are, are with them right now on the show, they're saying that um Wilkes being down on the field doesn't matter. You don't see Vic Bangio down on the field, like naming all these de- defense coordinators on different teams being in the box and see Wilkes um and how we're complaining how Steve Wilkes should be down on the field. Um, but Here's I agree. With thing. You know, I don't care about other teams. And that, that, that annoys the shit out of me when people bring up, I'm not, I don't give a fuck about other teams. No one cares about the Browns. No one cares about the Cardinals. 
don't give a fuck about the Rams. Don't give a fuck about the Cowboys, Patriots, nobody. I'm talking about the Niners. What other teams do and what other so-called great defensive coordinators do is not my goddamn problem. My issue is the guy I have right here in the building. And if I feel that that should be something that could possibly help him because of communication purposes, then, yeah, I feel he should be there. If Vic Fangio isn't on the field, well, what can you do a lot of fucking die for him? That's his defense. <laughs> it's a totally different defense. You know what I'm when, saying? When you say communication, what is the difference between being on the field and being in the booth? Because you're only – Because the thing is, is when you're down there on the field, you can talk to your players. You can actually gather them up. You can – you know what I'm saying? Hey, look, offense on the field. Hey, guys, let's have a quick huddle. You know what I'm saying? You can bring them together when they're when there's times where they really need to be coached. You're physically there to coach them. You know what I'm saying? So like, we're not talking about the raw raw jumping up and down like no, Demico and, and Robert. Just, just it's just a conversation with your players when a they're showing up. The talk hey, to look, them, man. Yeah. Hey, okay. look, man. I'm seeing that. This I can go with. That I can go same? with. Yeah. Are y'all seeing the same shit? All right. Well, yeah. Well, what the fuck do we need to do to figure this out? Yeah. How are we okay. going to come together to create a better game plan? So we're not getting beat on that. Now, don't get me wrong. The rah-rah shit, that needs to be handled in the locker room. You need to yeah. be – there needs to be somebody to light a fire under these guys. Yeah, because I'm going to say, if it takes uh-huh. that, then you, what, what are these professionals yeah. no, going to no, no. for? Yeah, yeah. And but you, I see you can handle that shit behind closed doors. But my number one thing about the rah-rah thing is we do need a rah-rah guy on our squad. Now, Fred well, – yeah. It's and everybody works. talks like Fred will do the, the pregame speech, you know, and he has a lot of energy. And, you know, I heard uh, Eric Armstead and a couple of other people, you know, a couple of years back talking about, oh, we don't need to be yelled at or screamed at. Yes, the fuck you do. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know why? Because you're not doing your job. Yep. Armstead, you rubbed your belly twice last game. That's all. That's the only two times you rubbed your belly this season, sir. I don't think he has another sack outside of those two. He does at least not. not to my knowledge. No. So, so you've got to you've got to have that rah rah guy that can pick that can pick everybody up and light a fire under their ass when the coaches aren't doing it. Because I can tell you right now, if I'm Kyle, I'm ripping my O line a brand new asshole when they get to the sideline. Why the fuck right. is my quarterback under that much goddamn pressure? I'm finding Chris Forrester. What the fuck is going on out there? Why are you not like talk to me? Figure this out. But we can't. You know what? Chris, I'm sorry, just, Dion, you know what Chris Foster is going to say back to to Shanahan? You're the sob that did not give me players when I wanted them in the offseason. You rather go and get a kicker? Hey, look. And at that point, you know what Kyle Shanahan has to do? He has to own it and say I fucked up. Now that's not going to happen because yeah. that ain't Kyle. But there he's got to own it and say I yeah. fucked up because that's what he should have done. Shoring up this O line should have been the first thing. And, and yep. me, like the way that the way that we started to build this team when John and Kyle got here, I would have done the reverse. I would have started offensive line first to shore that up because you can't go out there. Offensive linemen are a dime a dozen. If you hit on a guy, you hit on a guy. Mm-hmm. It's extremely rare that you catch a really good offensive lineman being cut or let go due to the money. Because you got to pay these guys. you got to hold the stellar dude together. That's why you never seen Quentin Nelson hit the market. He ain't never did. Fuck that. That man is a lifetime cult. You know what I'm saying? The only reason Trent Williams hit the market was because basically it was the right thing to do for the, for the fucking Americans. They were supposed to. They kept, they kept, kept, hold, kept holding that man hostage, put him on the field when he was almost possibly about to die. Like, yeah, bro, you, you got to let him go, man. 
So he's got to be better about making those decisions and listening to your position coaches, man. You know what I'm saying? Moody Moody ain't doing fine. He got he's he's doing all right. Fine is is an upgrade from my eye, and he needs to stay in eye until he showed me some goddamn consistency. Because those two games before, he he didn't look good at all. Yeah, you hit your one kick and your two extra points. That's nice, but I need to see that happen for at least about five, six more games before I restore. I need to see the pressure kicks being made. That right? Yep. Right? Because when he missed that kick in that dome, the first thing I said was. Oh, everybody was talking about the win last week. Wasn't no win, huh? Well, yep. no reason you should have fucked that kickoff. Yeah. And when people tell me, oh, well, the, you know, well, the Vikings kicked once again. That's Minnesota. Do I look like I like the Minnesota fucking Vikings? <laughs> I don't care about the purple people eaters. No one gives a shit about John Randall, Dante Culpepper, Chris Carter, or Randy fucking Moss, or Adrian Peterson for that matter. All great players. They ain't on the team that I like and I represent. So I can give two fucks about their organization and what they're doing. Yeah. Can't disagree. So if you're um, not on my team, I don't want to hear it. Exactly. Action. So I'm gonna uh switch to Zach and my bookie. I'm gonna have him talk about my bookie real quick and then we'll come back to our conversations. Okay, second. All right, take it away, Mr. Zachary. So I just want to take a second to thank today's sponsor, MyBookie. As a better, you demand perfection, and MyBookie delivers. NFL, college football, and a brand new cash-out system gives you options to bet and win all season long. The first two legs of your parlay hit, cash out early and use the funds on another bet. Or you could let it ride for the chance of a bigger payday. Join the MyBookie family for a season filled with odds boosts, free bets, and super contests. To get started, all you got to do is super simple. Go to mybookie.ag right now and register for an account for free. That's right. It's free. And whenever it is you're ready to make your first deposit, just use promo code HIVE. It's right here on the screen, H-I-V-E, to grab a welcome bonus on the house. That's our gift to you for being a part of the 49ers Hive family. That's promo code HIVE. H-I-V-E to claim your deposit bonus. And for a limited time, you also get a free chip to use in the MyBookie Casino. You can bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Now let's get back to the show. All right. Thank you, Zach. So going back to conversation, um, what do the Niners need to do if they – Want to try to win the division and try to get that number one seed um, this season to take home field advantage. Um, Beto, we'll start with you first, man. Make the proper adjustments and win games. I, right now, th- th- their mindset should not even be about getting that number one seed. That shit's sailed. I'm not saying that it's, the boat's going to stay out in the water. They It can resurface. But right now, is they need to look internally and figure this shit out. What happened between the Cowboys and now? Something happened. Wilkes wasn't added after the Cowboys game. He was already here, and we were putting points. 
Um, Brock Purdy, I don't know what, I don't know if Halloween's not a good month for him or what. I'm being sarcastic with that. But my point being is they got to look at themselves again and figure this shit out. Uh, they got to win games. And right now, Seattle is smelling blood in the water. They took over the number one spot and they went and added a middle guy and Leonard uh, Williams. They're they're smelling. They're they're above. We're in second place now. Our concern should be the NFC West. We need to win our division and have everything else plans out. We can't at this point. The Eagles are seven and one. Uh, we can't worry about them. We can just have to be concerned about fixing our shit, putting it together, and winning the NFC West should be the Niners' priority, in my opinion. I agree with you there. Um, Eric, we can't give uh, Jake Moody time. I'm sorry. You get picked that goddamn high, you don't get time. As a kicker, the only way you get time is you get picked in the seventh or sixth round. But you get picked in that damn high, no. You don't get time to try to work through all that shit. We need you. One of those games we could have won. Nope. If that kick wasn't missed. And I can tell you right now, I don't like the way Moody kicks. Because every time he kicks, it feels like he's going to go wide fucking right. He hooks it. He likes he to hook it. He hooks shit out of it. And I don't like that because that just leads, like, you, it just, it, it's a possible, too, too high of a probability for a failure. And I just don't want, I don't want that to happen. So, um, unfortunately, there are some players who cannot get tied. You know what I'm saying? Um, but for me, honestly, I think we just, we got to figure out what's going on with the front seven. Get them back to normal. And everything else will fall into place for the D. Excuse me for the defense, and then on offense. Oh my God, bro, we got to get this offensive line together, and mm-hmm. we we can't have that. And an integral part of the defense is definitely, definitely, um, Trent Williams. Trent Williams and Debo Samuel, man. If those two dudes get back on the field, I feel like things open up. Because to tell you right yes, now, ain't no, ain't no defense scared of Ray Ray McLeod. They they care less about his existence. And you know, hell, they don't even know who Ronnie Bell is because Kyle, as his as he always does, don't trust rookies and never lets them on the fucking field. Yeah, I don't like that about Kyle. And I, 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 I don't understand. I'll never argue with you, Dion, on yeah. Kyle. Yeah. The whole not trusting rookies crap. Yeah. No. I don't I don't get that. Like and especially when you have a dynamic rookie like that. Like, Bell can do some shit. He can get busy. And if you put him in and just give him a couple of plays, now it tells the defense, okay, I actually got to worry about this dude because he's actually eating us a lot. Nobody expected Addison to go there and go, like, kill us the way that he did. I sure as fuck didn't. But he came in there. We weren't prepared, and that rookie went over there and lit us up. So you could do that with guys, but he has to open the door for to, to do those things. That's why I get frustrated when people say how innovative he is. I tell people all the time I don't feel he's innovative because he's too fucking stubborn. He's stuck in his ways. And he only uses the people that he wants to use. If you yeah. notice every single game, who's always on the field? Christian McCaffrey. Every fucking play. He's on the field too much. A guy like that, you load manage him. You do him like they do LeBron and Kawhi and all these other players in the NBA. You give CMC certain times and you give them certain times where you just, hey, look, man, we're going to lower your carries. We need you for the playoffs. 
I'm not going to run all the tread off of your tires. You I would need, think that's a yeah, smart thing to do is watch his thread, but yet he puts shit on top of him. You're right. He oh. does, and, and if Mason makes a mistake, Kyle's oh, quick to man, bury right Like People had told me, we talked to, on Twitter, people like, man, imagine if we had Nukua from the Rams on the Niners. I go, what? He'll just be right in on the bench. We probably wouldn't even know who he is. Why? Exactly. Because Kyle wouldn't have played him. Yeah, yep. He wouldn't have. I don't care what Ronnie I don't Bell care what. Playing for the Rams, we will know more about Ronnie Bell and the Rams. And you know, yeah. I hate the Rams, but uh, Sean McVay and I know he this year the door. he he had to do it more because of injury, but mm-hmm. he does it anyway. And he allows these rookies to make mistakes and grow from them. The thing with Kyle, he'll put in a rookie, but the minute you you make a mistake, that's it. He loses trust in you. Well, shit, these guys are rookies. You gotta. The only reason why he keeps going with uh, uh, our kicker because who else is he gonna put out there? Yeah, ain't nobody else. Yeah, there's no option. Yeah, so he, he has no choice. And it's not that you can turn from Purdy and run the Sam Darnold's dumbass. Ain't nobody got time for that shit. Yeah, yeah. People that want to Sam Darnold, come on. Uh, he's a backup for a reason. Uh, yeah, Brock Purdy has been throwing interceptions more than we like, but the guy's still way better than uh, uh, Sam Darnold, bro. So people yeah, are I'm like, sorry. Yeah, I, I, Darnold look, plays I, and he wins. We might I'd have rather, a country. Shut up. Yeah, I, I, and, and, and I'm sorry. I... I've looked, I'm telling you, I keep telling you, everybody out there, y'all, a lot of people don't like it, but at the end of the day, Sam Darnold has showed you who he is. That man played more than enough football for everybody to know who he is and what he brings to the table. He's not that dude. And you've got to think, yes, and yes, he did. He played yesterday, but he was on special teams. That's that. He was just on special teams. He was relegated to that. And you got to, like, you – the thing is, is don't call Kyle innovative when he can't even allow people on the field to do the things that they need to do. Don't call him innovative when he gets so stubborn and stuck in his ways that instead of putting a guy on the field who produces for you, you put a dude on the field because you like him because that's your friend. You know, I always call it helping out the homie. At the end of the day, I ain't giving nobody no damn hands out. You just you leave it to me. Elijah Mitchell would have just been very sad when he came back because I'd have looked dead at him and told him you're gonna have to earn your spot back as Jordan Mason has up the, uprooted you and bumped you down to three. I'm not gonna put you behind TDP, but you for damn sure ain't gonna be in front of Mason. Dion, with that statement you just made, and I want to support that. When you said if it was you, you would tell uh, Elijah. You got to earn your spot back, right? So as a coach, you're fixing two things right there. You're making Elijah work harder to get a spot back, and you're building encouragement to Mason. You're telling Mason, you're the guy. Okay, now it's up to you whether you want to give it back to Elijah or not, and you tell Elijah, you better get – like you talk to them individually. Mason, don't let this guy get past you. And then Mm -hmm. you talk to Elijah, you tell him, don't let this guy hold his job. Take it away from him. You make them battle it against each other. You turn them on each other exactly. to get the best production from them. You don't just put Elijah, whether he's when Mason is doing better, just because he's your guy. That's bullshit. And I agree with you 100% on that when it comes to Kyle. Yeah. And that look, it, I, I said that earlier, Luis. Yeah, I haven't seen Danny Gray. I know he's healthy. I know he's been activated. Where's uh, dude, the dude that, that everybody was hurt? Where's uh, Darrell Luter Jr.? Where's this guy at? Are we gonna see him out the bye? Like when he, everybody was hollering about how great he was, and and oh man, when this dude gets on the field, still ain't seen him. Yeah, we can't keep trying to stand. Forget about Jair Brown as, as a thought. Jair Brown he ain't getting on the field at all. 
You ain't gonna see nope. him. You won't. He gonna and sit there sad. behind Gip. He'll he'll play next year because yeah, I don't think year. I, I think I tell you right people, now if we don't want to ring Gip, ain't, ain't, players understand when it's time, and they ain't about to oh, sacrifice yeah. their body to just keep playing a barbaric sport such as football. Yeah, they'll say, yeah. "Hey, look, man, I had a good career. I made more than enough money. I'm straight." And I think people Jaya say that Brown they started. People say they started Hufanga as a rookie. He had no choice to start him yeah. at the time. He had no yeah. choice. Yeah. He has a choice with, with Jair Brown. He should be able to put him in on the three uh, safety sets, mm-hmm. you know, or even put him at, you know, in the corner. Hop, I don't know what I just utilize him. I'm not saying to put him on, you know, 80% of the snaps, but you got to see what you got in this kid. You know, what do you drafted him in the third round just to have him sit? I don't understand that, but. Uh, that's what yeah, you gotta, and to be honest, you got to unleash Hufunga. Let him go back to the dude that he was. Stop yeah, having yeah. him play full-on safety. Use yeah. Hufunga as a Swiss Army knife. He might be a linebacker one play, a safety the next play, and a DB after that. He may come off the edge. He may just threaten and back up. But you got to let him be that free-range guy because that's what makes him better. If you mm-hmm. don't do that, you're going to screw yourself over and you 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 lose the best parts of a player. <laughs> you play to player strengths. Kyle I'm did. Uh, I'm watching basketball. Oh, okay. Kyle. I like AD, AD but he's an idiot. <laughs> oh, man. He, he, hey, tried, look, to be, he tried to be Jordan hey, look, and he slipped and fell. What was that? What was that? Just the, last, just the other game, 17 in the first half, not a damn thing in the second? Come on, bro. Yeah. Got to get it together. For you. That's AD, man. He ain't worth shit. Curry better than AD. They play different positions, bro. Let's not get into that in this in this discussion. So so Eric brings up a good point because I actually Mm -hmm. mentioned this to uh, Beto in the pregame show. Remember this, Beto? To where we keep we keep going throwing to the same uh, guys like Brandon Ayuk uh, all the time or freaking George Kittle, right? We don't change it up at all. we gotta we gotta change it up, man, because uh the defense is gonna notice what you're where you're throwing to, and you just stick to one guy, then like nothing's gonna happen. You know, and that's not even Brock Purdy's no. that's that's that's, that's Shannon Kyle. telling him yeah. what to throw. Maybe, yeah, he's, maybe that's he's gonna tell him what his he's Yeah, he's gonna tell him what his reads are. He's gonna say, Hey, yeah. this is your progression. Here's one, two, three, and four. And this is and, and right back around the one if none of those guys are open or whatever. But that's the unfortunate part about it, man. And I, I, I can tell you right now, um, Brandon Ayuk, no matter what, is definitely going to come out and command money. And if they don't properly pay him, he'll go elsewhere because the 49ers don't franchise tag people. They just don't. It's just not what they do. Last never person. That Unless before. you're a kicker. Yeah, he's the last person we franchised. <laughs> Anyone else would let him walk. Well. We'd be like, all right, go on, get the fuck up out of here, peace. Other than that, we're just in very heated contract conversations and it takes forever. Nick Bosa was the longest one that we took to get done. Um, but that was because we paid him a ridiculously absorbent amount of money. And he's got to start uh, producing, but we, we got to help that this defense changes, man. I, I just need to see something, you know, yeah. before – anything else. And I think that's a uh, perfect timing media. I think we all got to do that. Yeah. I yeah. And, and, the, and the part that we don't uh, franchise anyone, the good thing about that though, is they do sign their players that they feel worthy of be, uh, on time, except Bosa. Big Bosa has been the biggest, uh, 
uh, signing in franchise history uh-huh. in the amount. So I can understand what there was a delay there. But normally they sign everyone there. Uh, you know, to me, signing the player is way better than franchising them uh, because that means there's a good relationship between you and the player. A lot of times when you franchise someone, it's, it's not good for the player. And it's, it doesn't show the support from the from the organization. So the fact that we don't do it, it that means good. Now, if we lost players, like say we didn't do it to Debo, right? And then Debo went up leaving. Then I can sit there and chew out on, on, on the organization. But the fact that they sign them ahead of time, that to me encourages me as a fan. But there are areas that have to be improved. I'm, a, I'm still a big fan of Kyle Shanahan, but I, I, I will admit he has issues. Ego is a big part of it. There's things he needs to change. He has changed, though, but he needs to change a little faster uh, because the players are getting older. Uh, and uh, we'll see. Hopefully this by he'll sit there together and uh, instead of going out with the guys and having beer, you know, I, I say this as a parent, there's a time to be a friend and there's a time to be a parent to your kids. If the thing to me, the whole model is if your kid doesn't hate you, you're not doing your job, right? There you go. Your job is for your kid has to hate you. That means you're being stern and you're doing your job. It's not about you whether your kid loves you. It's about whether your kid can survive this world. And tough love is always something you have to give. And Kyle's too much of a buddy than a head coach. And that irritates the shit out of him. You know, if you guys agree on that or not, but uh, he's too much of a friend and not enough as a head coach. I hear you. And that, that's the thing, which is to be a leader of men, you have to be able to separate that. And the perfect analogy was what you just used, man. Your kids got to just basically be like, you know what? I may not like my, you know, my, my, my mom or my dad, but they're doing they're what strength. They don't, let, you yeah. know, because at the end of the day, you got to remember, man, you can't, you can't put out a bunch of soft motherfuckers into the world. You no. know what I mean? Not nowadays. Yeah, and, no, and, and you can't, and you can't do that. You know, there was, <laughs> there was a comedian that said, if we go to, if we have World War Three, we were fucked. And he said, no, because, yeah. he said, because he said, because you, he said, because uh, and he joked, he said, you know, he said, I'd storm the beach, but I have a shellfish allergy. Oh my God. He's like, you just take a bomb full of gluten and these kids would freak out. And that's the thing. Like, we live in a very, very soft society. And, you know, when you leave the door open for people to be able to do what they want, it's different. Like, back in the day, you know, we feared as kids, a belt. If we heard a belt, yeah. we heard a switch, yeah. or like some of us, hell, you just got hit with whatever the fuck was closest to them. Or a chancla. You know, yeah. These things would happen. Now, you don't have to hit a kid. Just take this away. Yeah. If you take this away, it is the end of the world. Yes. The days are over. It's, it's, like you, it's, like you were, it's like you were nailing them to the cross like they was Jesus. And then take away their cell phone, yeah. And unbearable pain. You take that cell phone away, it's the end. And for 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 Kyle, you every now and then, Kyle, that's going to be my analogy. You got to take the cell phone away. Real quick on the soft people and the whole World War Three. I'm not, I won't get political. I know political. Nah, keep, yeah, I know, I know better yeah. to keep it out myself. But I'll make a point. I I like to listen <laughs> yeah, to it. I know this is a different place. Yeah, but no, no, they, no, no, they were talking to. They were talking to a representative for, from Gaza that being from Hamas being attacked oh, yeah, and yeah, how yeah. his family is getting killed and mm-hmm. and how his family blow, being blown up right and then the person that was hosting he started to cuss mm. and the and the host said oh can you please not cuss because you know and he's like oh 
Yeah, yeah, I, I forgot. My family just gone blown up, but America doesn't like to be offended with cuss words, so I'll keep it down. It's like we're so pitiful yeah. that <laughs> his family just got killed, and America's worried about the F word. I ain't even mad at him. That was the you know what I mean? Like he handled, he handled himself professionally, but can you imagine your family just gets blown up? And I and I say, Dion, I don't like cussing on my channel. Yeah, yeah, I know. You know what I mean? Mean? So it's like, come on, man. That was was a cold comeback when you listen to it. It, Yeah, you know, America needs to stop being soft. Let's put reality to the side. You know, it's okay. You know, I'm not going to worry about what really just fucking happened. But, and that's the thing. Like, you got to be able to stand there and tell these guys, hey, look, man, we got to get this shit together. We cannot keep doing this. This is not going to work. You know, and really be stern about it because to bet those point with his analogy, the the less stern you are on children, the more shit they're gonna get into. Yeah, because they'll the get away with it. You, they know they'll get away with it. The more stern you are on them, the easier it's gonna be. I saw a little my, my, meme as I saw a little meme as I'm scrolling through Instagram and it said parenting parenting in the eighties. And there's a kid, he was about to stick his uh stick a knife in the wall socket. And his mom was like, No, 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 don't. And he and the dad said, Nope, nope, that's all right. Give him a second. And he's exactly <laughs> for a little bit. And that motherfucker looked up and he was like, Bet you won't do that shit again. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta let motherfuckers learn the hard way. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like it's like yeah, I'm yeah. telling you something is hot on the bottom. And I'm giving it to you by the handles, but you keep grabbing for the bottom. I didn't told you it's hot on the bottom. Do you want? I'm trying to help you avoid burning your hand. You know what? Grab from the bottom, dumbass. Go right ahead. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. Just fuck around and burn yourself. And if you yeah. drop this fucking pot, I'm gonna kick your ass because you can drop my food that I just cooked. It's just it's the same situation. You are not putting enough pressure on the quarterback. I need to talk to you. Let's figure out what's going on, what the problem is. Let's figure it, you know, let's, let's figure out a better way to be able to game plan against this. Work with Wilkes, Kyle. Sit in with him in the meetings. So, hey, man, was- as an offensive guy, if you do X, I'm going to do I'm going to do Y. So you need to be able to figure out Z cuz I'm telling you yeah. that shit's not going to work against me. I'm going to do this. If you're t- pick his brain, work with each other. And that way you're gaining knowledge. If I'm Steve yeah. Wilkes now, I have an integral part of what offenses think, especially somebody running a spinoff of what his his would his uh, offensive system would be. And for, for Kyle, I sharpen myself, iron sharpens iron, by understanding the defensive things that you're thinking and what you're trying to do and the pressure you're trying to create. But work with everyone. Bring your defensive coaches together and say, hey, guys, this isn't working. Something needs to be done a little bit differently. What did we do before that was working? So uh, since you brought yeah. that up, D, um, I heard that actually Kyle was in the room with mm-hmm. Wilk, uh last week. Yeah. So, I mean. He, and he needs to. And not only that, but he needs to speak up. Listen, uh, Steve Wilkes is employed by Kyle. Now, mm-hmm. Steve Wilkes has a certain way to do things. I understand. Yeah. But if the shit ain't working, Kyle needs to step up and say, listen, we tried it your way. It has not been working. You need to make some changes. If you don't make the changes, I'm going to make changes. And my changes are not going to be nice to going for you. So I'd rather you make the changes uh, instead of sitting there like, okay, Steve, you know, I believe in you. I know, you. I know you're doing it. I know you're handling it. No. 
make the necessary changes, get the shit turned around, or you'll be gone. Uh, and sometimes, you know, and same thing with players. You know what? Uh, stop rubbing your stomach, uh, Armstead, and start getting the quarterback more. Because, yeah. you know, eating twice eating twice a year is not enough. Yeah. Uh, you need to eat more. Somebody that damn big. That's yeah. a whole grown-ass so, man out there. Yeah, exactly. And the tackling, bro, these, this bad tackling is embarrassing. It's embarrassing, and not, and that's just not just a regular guy. It's it's Fred Warner had some bad tackles. Uh, mm-hmm. I seen uh, uh, Greenlaw, and it hurts me to see Greenlaw miss tackle. And I know he's hurt, but if you're hurt, then don't be out there. Don't be, a, you know, don't hurt the team if you're not able to play a hundred percent. And then also, uh, he's he's holding back because he wants to make sure that he doesn't, um, that he doesn't wind up. Uh, getting another penalty, and honestly, and look, man, if, if Greenlaw gets me one penalty a game, I'm not mad at him. Fuck it, I need it. I would I actually want encourage him. him. You know what? The refs have do your thing, dog. Do your thing. Yeah, I would tell him straight up, hey, look, man, do 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 what you got to do, baby. Don't worry about it. Uh, yeah, the refs have been freak. They were horrible this weekend. I'm gonna have to be this honest. weekend. You I mean, they have been lately, but they were the worst this weekend. And then I guarantee you next weekend you'll be like, this weekend is the worst. And we'll go out. I'm not, I'm not attacking you, Brandon, but I'm just saying this guy's getting shittier and shittier every week. It's bad, getting, It's politics I, for them. They need, they need a freaking And it's not even them. Out. It's the NFL that is behind, it's behind it. The NFL tells them, you know, because they want to get the views. They want to get the ratings. That's what the NFL cares about, money. Mm-hmm. You know, not certain calls. They want to keep teams close. They don't want blowouts because blowouts doesn't make money. That's why yeah. we say close games play. does. Yeah, and because you got to think about it. Make money. If you're if you're blowing a team out, what do most people do? They want to beat the traffic. This game's over. Yep. I'm out of it. But if it's a close yep. game, what do people do? They stay. They, they watch. They, they stay buy more and they're buying beer. They're buying beer. They buy, they buy, beer. They yep. buy uh, mm-hmm. more merchandise. They're there to spend their money. Why? Because they spent more time at the stadium. So, yep. yeah. Yep. That though ain't lying in any way, shape, or form, man. It's just, no, it's it's the truth of the way it works. All right. We're it's gonna all be, about money. Yep. We're going to be uh, ending it here right now. Um, let me get your guys' final thoughts um, just in general for, uh, with this Niner team that, that we're seeing right now. Uh, D, go first. For me, just figure it out, guys. Figure out what the problem is. Figure out what you need to do. Um, spend your bye week. Honestly, uh, this is not one of those times where you take that bye week and go for yourself. This is that time where you take that bye week, you reflect, you figure out who you are, you figure out what you want, and you go out there and you start making plays. And uh, as long as you can do it within the scheme, fuck it, man. Make it happen. All right. Yeah, yeah. I second, I second that. Just – Look inside, look at each other, you know, each individual player, each individual coach, be accountable to yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, figure out your own shit as players, as coaches, and figure out what has worked and what hasn't. And don't be afraid to try new shit. Don't be afraid to to, to try and fail, you know, but don't stick to the same formula if it isn't working. You know, be uh, able to change it or, or make some type of adjustments. And let's see what happens. We're going to definitely find out when we get uh, – I didn't realize um, the banks got hurt, so that'll be interesting to watch off the bye. Yeah, but gather yeah, the people they're going to put in this place too. Yeah, yeah, bro, yeah. 
Yeah, so now we really need to make sure he turn turn his back because you don't want dumb and dumber with uh, Jalen Moore and whoever. <laughs> <people are great. laughs> dumb and dumber. Yeah. Dumb you know and dumber, I love it. You want that shit, bro? So, yeah, uh, Trent Williams, get back. We need Trent Williams back, and we need Debo back too. It's absolutely. We need Debo back, awesome. man. I'm you can tell you. they're hurt. They are hurting without Debo, straight up. Yeah, yeah. And people, while people may think that Debo is not an integral part of the defense, <laughs> you must be out of your fucking mind. That yeah. dude puts fear in the hearts of defenses because they know what he can do. And the sad mm-hmm. part is, the crazy motherfucker loves contact. Yeah, he so does. He ain't running from nothing. So when he's on the field, don't think that he's just oh, well, you know, he's gonna run out of bounds. Okay, you keep telling yourself that. When he runs your ass over on the way to the end zone, uh, that's on you. Good luck. Yeah, exactly. All right, y'all. Well, that's going to do it for us tonight. We'll be back um, maybe sometime next week, um, and we'll uh, we'll preview the next game against the Jaguars. Uh, until next time, guys, go Niners. Peace. Even though-